0: I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort?
1: I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlag, for part of CLNS Media at dailythunder.com. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's
0: up? Well, apparently, Oklahoma City is not the only place where Melo takes awesome shots, and he ends up being four out of 18 from the Thunder Floor.
1: <laughs> Man. Uh, first of all, if you don't like my audio quality, I'm really sorry. This is, uh, this is out of just pure need. I am. <laughs> I'm on the road and could not find a place. My last chance place to record that has Wi-Fi was this Burger King and the Burger King is so loud that I could just I could not record it. So I'm on my phone in my truck and is recording it. So apologies for the sound quality. But also Carmelo Anthony was just mellow. Like that's here's the deal. It's just funny. He's has he's has these massive comeback stories. Everybody wants to talk about how great he is now. He just needed a chance and all this. And you look back and it's like he's just the same guy. Like he's the same guy that played in OKC. He's the same guy that played in Houston. It's that's it's the same guy. And if you think that he's going to help you come playoff time, he's going to do the same stuff. I mean they. I mean the Thunder played Jeremy Grant more for a reason. And they wanted to bench him for a reason. And they traded him for Schroeder for a reason. And the Houston Rockets cut him for a reason. And it's not just because they don't like Melo and there's like a conspiracy against Carmelo Anthony. No, like he's he's a guy that's going to fill it up in the scoring department on not a night to night basis anymore. But, you know, every few nights he's going to fill it up and then he's going to be a bad defender. And he's going to be a guy that's going to take a lot of shots and he's going to miss a lot of shots. And he's the same guy. I don't know how, I don't know what people thought, but he's like incubated somewhere and then like somehow just emerges as this like just better basketball player. I mean, like he's two years older than he was when he was with the Thunder and there's just no way he's going to be better.
0: Yeah. It's not like a Cabernet or a Syrah where you wait (laughs) two years and you have something better. Uh, No, it's not that. And to be honest, that game, Remind me of the one of the, well, probably the only game that we watched together. Uh, I think it was OKC against Portland in OKC, where Melo had all the the opportunities to to make a great game, a lot of open trees, nothing nothing oh, yeah. was going in for him uh and yeah i mean this is what melo is you will get like bench production uh like bench like production a score a good, good uh scoring game maybe uh but not consistency consistency that we are Oddly seeing from another bench player in OKC, the one who got traded for Melo, who is Danny Schroeder. I mean, he has played over the past, I would say, two weeks at least, a very sustainable and good brand of basketball. And the numbers are insane with him on the court. I don't know why. I don't like his defense uh, from from like the the eye test is not, is not there. But in some ways... The offense works with him on the court, and the defense works with him on the court. I, I don't know what I'm watching, but it's, it's it it is the the numerical truth.
1: It is. I mean, I I looked at the lineup data this morning, and I'm and I've I've known this. I mean, it's not like this is just, but it still is just very surprising how much better the three guard lineup is on the defensive end than the lineup with Ferguson in there instead of Schroeder, because yeah. you watch. You watch Berg defend guys one on one or you know, defend a guy like Bradley Beal or somebody and you're like, Wow, like he's doing a really good job. But somehow the defense is just so much worse <laughs> with him on the court. And the offense is just so much worse with him on the court. I mean the top several lineups with Ferguson are all negative. All of them. The starting lineup, big negative. When you put Schroeder in there, everything just comes together and it's odd. It's a and but you have to give credit to Dennis Schroeder. One, he's playing really hard. Like he is yeah. focused, and is his focus always in the right place? I would I would say it's not. But he has an aggressiveness that that in the in the past has really just stuck with him on the offensive end. But he's carried that over to the defensive end too. And I don't know if he's gotten any more blocks or not. But in Atlanta, he hardly ever blocked any shots. He never had more than six uh, in a season when he was in Atlanta. So far this season, he has six or seven in just the 22 games that they've played. And that just shows like, he's got this aggression that he's playing with on the defensive end. I don't think his arms are longer than they were in Atlanta. I think that he's just playing with an aggressiveness that he didn't have on the defensive end. Uh, And, and for it to be this year, it just makes you wonder is, this is he playing for an opportunity is he well? like what is it what's the difference because I didn't see even this level of defense last year from him so what's what is what is going on with Dennis Schroeder I think is a is an apt question right now
0: well we cannot discuss anything about last year without sounding haters of us or whatever so no. I just declined to comment um <laughs> Well, no, no, of course, of course, of course, I will not decline to comment. I I think that there is a vibe that this team has that wasn't here. I mean, they are playing with no pressure because if they win, great. If they don't, great. They just have to play hard. They don't have to, they don't have to, uh, to win at at, no matter what is the, um, uh, the cost, like they, they can play a good brand of basketball, and I think that that, that is really something that changed the way in which Sutter uh, is playing. Um, the second unit is is completely his. He can do whatever he wants, um, even when Paul is on the court with him, because because Paul has no issues deferring to uh, to Dennis uh, on, on the on the offensive side, and so probably he feels more comfortable, and um, and that is. That I think it's important. Uh, back to to Ferguson. Can you name, well, according to Clean Glass, uh, players that are worse in net rating, um, worse than uh, than Terrence Ferguson in uh, on-off ratings? So players where you 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 take the impact when they are on and off, and you make the difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you name the players that are worse than uh, than Ferguson?
1: That are on the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, Basley. Nope. Nope. Um, Nader? Nope. Uh, Muscala?
0: Well, he can go on and on and on. There's no one worse than him.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's, like, isn't it? It's, I mean, I know that Terrence has not been great this year, but that that is a weird stat to me because I don't think he's been horrific.
0: No. Me neither, but it's, he sits at minus 10.9. The closest is, weirdly, Nerns Noel at minus 10.8. And then yeah. it's Nader minus 10.3. So there is okay. basically no difference between the three. Basley is much higher at minus 3.8. Uh, oh, same okay. with Shea, Giggs, Alexander, yes. Um, the offense with Shea is better, but the defense is worse. Uh, it's the exact opposite for, for Baisley. Yeah. Um, Probably there's something something that's going on in in a few lineups that that creates these massive numbers. But part is that I think when you have Steven Adams, Gallinari and Chris Paul on the court, the offense and the defense just work. and they work better when Schroeder is in. And so that's why I think they those do. three yeah. players have have this abysmal ratings.
1: even serving in, Nerlens for Adams. The numbers maintain that with that three guard lineup and Gallinari, yeah. they're just a good. They're a good team, like a like a very good team. And you, I mean it. It makes you wonder about Ferguson. It makes you wonder about the cohesion and even the offense with Nader. Nader is a decisive player as well. I think that he yeah. and Schroeder are both very decisive offensive players. Are they making the right decision every time? Probably not. But are they doing something? Yep, they are. And I don't think Nader's been super great. I don't think he's been super bad in the last couple of games as the starter. And, you know, they've won both the games that he started in. So he couldn't have been too bad. Uh, but it just makes you wonder about the overall effectiveness of a guy like Ferguson. Because yeah, his offense is not it's not advancing at the rate that you would hope that it would. Uh, his shot isn't advancing at the rate you'd hope it would. I think his defense is is good. Like, he's a good defender, but it's not showing up in the numbers. And it, there's an eye test to basketball, but you can't argue with points being scored against your team when a player is yeah. on the court. And the eye test element says that he does a really good job at slipping through screens and staying with um, you know, offensive players that are running around through screens, it does a great job with that. I think that he holds up well on the ball. Uh, but the numbers say otherwise that it's better to have Schroeder out there. And I think the offense is more dynamic. You don't really know who's going to be bringing the ball up the court when it's those three. Sometimes it's Schroeder, sometimes it's SGA had another really nice game last night. Um, Chris Paul had a really nice game last night. So, when all the, when those three guys all had 20 points or 21 for Shea, 20 for Chris, and then 21 for Schroeder. That's a great, that's a great trio of point guards uh, that can play on the court together. And I think that we all questioned that before the season started. What would that look like? How would that function? Well, so far it's the best that they can put together. And some of it is that they don't have an elite wing on the team. I mean, they Uh don't, they don't have a guy to go to and Ferguson is kind of the de facto guy because he was a first round pick and he's started the the last two years. And he's just been a guy that's just kind of put in place there. Uh, But the truth is he's got a ways to go still. And you, you have to wonder even with this report today that was put out by Sham Sharania about the thunder trading players that you just have to wonder if maybe even Ferguson might be a guy that fits better on a on a team that's kind of put together I always I mean I just I think Milwaukee is a great landing spot for him and I've always mm-hmm. thought that I thought that he'd play really well on the wing next to a Giannis that's gonna just generate everything for everybody and he just has to stand there and be young Wes Matthews you know and I think mm-hmm. that he, he could he could fill a role like that pretty well and it may be ultimately the best destination for him. And he may help the Thunder get back a good asset in return. And then you figure out, like, do you have a player in Lou Dort? And, you know, are they going to keep, you know, Nader or Burton or any of those guys, you know, even for next year? Uh, I think that maybe maybe those questions are, are, are better to ask, uh, especially if you get a good asset back in return.
0: Yeah, it is weird because like it's hard to get value out of Ferguson. I don't think you can get way more than what you got for Jeremy Lamb. And I think that Lamb tells you a good story in this sense. Like you it's probably better to keep him and and to wait. Because you have seen flashes. We have seen flashes uh, with Lamb when he was in OKC. He was not ready to get the yeah. role that, that OKC needed. But to get rid of a guard that plays defense and, and hit trees, especially in a season where you have no pressure whatsoever, as I said before, you don't have to win. You just have to, to try to find a role for him in your offense. And so I would not pull the trigger uh, well, if, if you get a first, maybe but I, I don't see that happening to be honest with you. And so just just maybe play him, try to find uh, a few wrinkles on offense where you can get him going and just play the long goal, the, the long haul. like you have a contract that you can give him next year that is very team friendly. Um, maybe in year two or three of that contract, you will need a spot-up shooting guard uh, because you have an elite wing, you have Shea, you may have still Steven, and maybe Ferguson is the guy you need. You don't know no. it yet, but you you may you may need him. And again, it's hard to get equal value back.
1: Sure, and that's and that's part of the reason that I would think I would might want to trade him is that what do you pay Terrence Ferguson? What does he get on the like market? Uh, right now, yeah. Like, let's say he doesn't improve at all. He's up for extension. He's this. He's this guy where he's like, yeah, he's a he's a player. He's a guy that can be out there on the court. Is he going to do much? Probably not. Uh, you know what? What do you give that guy? Like a four. I mean, ideally, you could give him a four-year contract at a lower rate, like eight million a year or something like that.
0: What? No. No, what? that's too much. Like if he plays like that, no, I would give him way less, like four, four
1: Oh heck yeah, man!
0: Yeah, I mean I'm talking like that. Like you don't have to give like five millions for a guy who yes is a good defender, but it can make trees consistently. Like you would, he will not give him eight millions. That's I don't great. remember how much Bertans got after shooting lights out in uh, in San Antonio, but maybe seven. So I mean, and Bertans is way more valuable than a guy like 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 Ferguson. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would Bertans, like today. Yeah. yeah, Bertans is good. So I I think like below seven millions per year is something where OKC can say, well, yeah, let's just keep him around and see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's that'd be great. Yeah. Around 7.25.
0: Yeah, something like that. I, I, I remember from the top of my head something close to that, but I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah. And part of my brain is still trying to adjust to this new... Cat. Because, I mean, like, Andre Robertson got $10 million. Yeah. You know Andre, was a, he's a really great defender. But really great defenders don't get paid. That has not been a thing in NBA history, right? Like the yes. guys that can shoot it get paid those yeah. are the guys that get paid and for a guy like Dre to get 10 million I guess kind of throw it throws me off a little bit because I that's in my head I was thinking yeah he's not as good as Dre and probably likely won't be as good as Dre on the defensive end he's not big in, as big or as versatile as Dre was um, but he also can hit it. he can hit shots better than Dre could I don't know
0: yeah, but Dre, th- there is two difference. First, you can think of Dre in 2016 when he got his contract as oh in 2000. No, the, the the Westbrook MVP year. That is the year after um, after which he got the contract. In the playoffs, he was the second best player of the team. Period. It was, there was yep. no okay, and so he played the entire very, season.
1: A very fluky. Great, Andre. Though, right? We have to. Right,
0: that. right. No, sure. I, w- I was trying to 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 add that. And even if that it wasn't who, who uh, Andre was, the entire season he played like probably a top ten, top five um, defender. And you needed a guy in your team to try to win a championship, mm-hmm. like the 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 premium that you pay when you have a team like that and you want to keep it together is much higher. And so now if Ferguson goes, you say, well, bye. With Dre, with you, you couldn't. Like in the negotiation, Dre's yeah. agent just said, well, you need me. And, and the truth is you don't have those millions to spend in the open market. And so the the real question for you is, do I pay Andre 10 millions or do I need, do I use the taxpayer MLE to find mm. a guy that plays the minutes that I need? Mm. Uh, and you cannot find a player like that. In this case, it's totally another uh, another like business case. Like you have a guy who maybe a team will offer eight millions. Well, if it does, again, this is the this <laughs> is the NBA. I mean. Alan Crab took 17 million, and because someone offered, but mm-hmm. it was like a bizarre content. I don't think that the OKC will match. If they settle for something below 7 million, I think it's it's very fair to, to what Ferguson is today.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know what else? This is a very fair deal, McKay.
0: It's Peyton Marie Photography.
1: That's right, because she's given you 10% off a photography package, whether that's just a, a session that you'd like to do, or if you want to do a, have her take photos of your wedding, which is such an important day that you don't, you don't want to mess that up. You want to have a good photographer at your wedding. Peyton is an Oklahoma based wedding photographer. Her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through bold and creative images. Her photography style is non traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. She believes your photos should be a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos shouldn't look like anyone else's. She's based in OKC, but she would love to travel anywhere for destination weddings or elopements. And she's given us that 10% off deal for Down to Dunk listeners. Make sure you mention Down to Dunk whenever you contact her. Let her know that you came from us and support the people that support Down to Dunk. Uh, McKellie, let's talk about this report. From Sharania, Which is not surprising. Like It it shouldn't be surprising to Thunder fans that have followed this team for a long time uh, that teams have been shocked at how the Thunder are willing to take on bigger contracts that even have long-term money on them uh, in order to deal players like Gallinari and Schroeder and Chris Paul and Steven Adams. And all those players have been named they've been made available in certain talks and here's the deal when the thunder accept a contract that's not a great contract that maybe goes on for another two years or maybe goes on for another three years the other team has to tack on an additional maybe it's a pick protection that is lowered maybe it's a Instead of giving you the 2020 first round pick, we'll give you 2023 or 2022 like you're asking for. Uh, it's one of those things where Sam is negotiating. And he did the same thing. He did the exact same thing. Uh, the Kurt Thomas deal. Mm-hmm. back. he got two first round picks just to take on Kurt Thomas's salary. Uh, the Thunder took on Mac, Matt Harprink's deal in order to bring in Eric Maynard from the jazz because the jazz didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Great. we'll we'll take it on and you got to give us your, your backup point guard in return, which at the time was a great deal. And Maynard didn't work out. Um, Maynard still with the thunder. He's plays. He's a coach for the blue, which is kind of an interesting deal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw him the other day and they've also did, they've done it in countless deals. Mo, Mo Peterson. They, they on draft night when they got Cole Aldrich, obviously not the best moment for Sam Presti, but they said, we'll take on Mo Peterson's deal and we will, you know, that will help us move up in the draft. And so the Thunder are taking the same strategy where team they're using their cap space. They're using their flexibility. They're using even the ability And John Hamm tweeted about this to go into the tax in order to get the asset that they want. And I, I think that the team had this year budgeted as a year to be in the tax. And obviously it doesn't make a lot of sense for this current roster to be in the tax, but it was a part of their plan to be in the tax. And so you just wonder if that is something that they would be willing to do. Uh, if the asset is the right kind of asset, if it's, a, if it's multiple first-round picks, if you get two first-round picks for Gallinari, but you have to go in the tax book it, put this team in the, put them, put them in the luxury tax. I mean, that could, that could happen. And people will make fun of them. People will talk about the Harden trade. People will talk about Kendrick Perkins amnesty, whatever it is. But the truth is this team is trying to position themselves to go on another massive run, decade long run. And in order to do that, they are going to, they are going to have more assets than any other team has ever had to start a rebuild. They already have it. And they're going to up that. And it's funny, some people talk about the Thunder on, on Twitter and on uh, Reddit and stuff about how, oh, this rebuilding team beat this team. This Thunder team is not a rebuilding team yet. This is not a rebuilding team. Are they headed to be a rebuilding team? Absolutely. But a rebuilding team is not a team of Chris Paul, Gallinari, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, SGA. That's not a rebuilding team. I guess that's that's a good NBA team. Like mm-hmm. they are a more talented team than the Portland trailblazers from top to bottom. And there's no question about that. And it's partly because the blazers made a ton of mistakes this year, uh, you know, going into the season, part of it is injuries that they don't have Nurkic and now they don't have Rodney hood, but there's no question. that The thunder are a more talented team than that blazers team. And it's, it's not that the thunder are, are doing this better than them. They're just been, they've been put in a weird spot. But again, this team is not rebuilding yet. They're heading toward that, but we, we cannot make the mistake and like make fun of other teams and say that they're like losing to a rebuilding team. Now, next season, or even in February or March of this year, when SGA is the offense, and maybe Chris Paul is too, but that's closer, but this team will be a rebuilding team when Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Dennis Schroeder are gone. And make no mistake, that's... That's the direction that we're going in. Last Wednesday, Alex and I read Sam Presti's piece from the Oklahoman, and it could not be more clear where they're headed. And this report from Sharania about these other teams that are surprised that Thunder are willing to take on long-term money, where they're basically willing to to take a huge chunk of their cap and spend it on players that aren't going to contribute. It's it's Matt Harpreay. It's Mo Peterson. It's Kurt Thomas. All over again, and so that's where we're headed, and that's how Sam Presti has used, you know, cap space and money that is spent um, in order to acquire assets. So, rant over. Sorry, McKilling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he, I, I completely uh, agree with what you said, and I listened to the interviews that Adrian Wojnarowski made with Sam Presti, and. Yeah. I didn't find any counter to to what you are saying and to what Presty said in um, uh, in July, I think, uh, to the Oklahoma. So the plan is clear, um, and I I wonder why everyone is surprised. By the fact that OKC, even media or other teams, uh, about the fact that OKC is willing to take on long-term money. This is what you do in order to get picks. They are doing it now instead of next year when they have a clean cap sheet because the they have something to trade. And so instead of getting just the pick uh, that anyone can get, anyone with space can get, you you have the incentive to give something back that is more valuable so it's not just the relief of the space is expiring contract that you can use right now or that you can use for a shorter amount of time and so i don't know why everyone is surprised uh it's it's natural i mean if you if the uh the kings call you tomorrow and say can we trade you a Harrison Barnes because we are big big dummies and we sign into a, <laughs> a, a, a huge contract you said yes Harrison Barnes is not a bad player he will not undermine Shay's development you just he just overpaid and it's not his fault. I mean he he has probably a great agent that made him a huge amount of money and he's not as good uh, so it's, yep. or even Eric Gordon in in Houston. I'm reading from a list that um, uh, Bird Rights NBA David Brandon put on Twitter um, like ten minutes ago, where he basically um, laid out all the big contracts that are likely to be uh, traded, or that t- teams may be willing to to trade. And so even a guy like. Eric Gordon or Nick Batum, guy like, guys like that are not bad guys. So sure. they're not bad presence in the locker room. This, those are just guys that are either not 100% healthy or that have big contracts or both. And OKC will gladly take them for the mm-hmm. right price. Can you imagine if OKC trades, um, I don't know, Scherter plus Gallo to Houston for Gordon and no protection on the pick that they got from the Rust deal. <laughs> oh,
1: that would be very interesting.
0: That yeah. Pretty,
1: and you'd, you'd probably have to say an, another pick or another pick swap and the protection is gone, right? You
0: no, know, no, gone to every single uh, swap or pick. Yeah. There's no protection on whatever you gave me.
1: Can you do and that? And I'll give you everything. Okay. Oh yeah you can that's a you can just say as a part of this trade the only thing you're giving it back to us is the protections
0: yeah but it's 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 something I, I don't think that the the, um, the rockets would even remove one of the protection let alone four they have the four they have um, yeah. two swaps that are protected and two picks that are protected yeah. But even like if if you remove half of the protections, it's it's incredible value. Maybe it's maybe it's nothing because those peaks ends up being away from the protection. But the chance that okay that um, the rockets are not great in four years or three years is not zero.
1: No, 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 no. Not when you have Tillman Fertitta <laughs> as your owner. That's for real, man. Made yeah. at one of his establishments. Uh, couple weeks ago and he they have his book sitting out at the uh hostess stand at at the landry's and it's just that says that says everything i need to know about him is that he's trying to sell his book at a steak restaurant i mean that's that's the kind of guy that's gonna just run this team into the ground it's gonna be beautiful
0: i'll still remember Fertida or fritada. Was the best spot you ever did. That was, <laughs> so a that, great.
1: that was a great, great segment. We need to bring back for Tina for I don't know how much uh, more you could do with that, but even just bringing it back just yeah. was 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 a wonderful deal.
0: Yeah, five minutes. I just need five minutes of that. <laughs> I almost crashed my car listening <laughs> to the bot. But but anyway, it was a fun <laughs> moment.
1: It was great. Yeah, I mean I think that's interesting. And I mean What's hard is that the Thunder are in the playoffs right now. If some bizarre thing happened and the season ended today, I love it when people say that as if it's a possibility. If the <laughs> season ended today, well, it never will, never will end today. But if if you look at the Thunder's remaining schedule and you look at their schedule in the late winter, early spring, if they kept this team together, I think they'd make the playoffs.
0: I, I told you I told you in September. You said you no, did. and I said yes.
1: You did. You told me. I uh, I was wrong. I didn't think that they'd be this close to five hundred at this point. Some of that is that the Pelicans are not who they're supposed to be, and that the Warriors are not who they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. So and you we, look
1: at this. You look at the schedule, and there's just. I mean that those two. And that's who the Thunder the Thunder feasted on the Warriors. And, you know, owe their record to them, mostly, uh, tanking and and being as bad as they are. Um, But still, it still is where we are today. And I think that it may leave some fans kind of disappointed at season's end, you know, to know that they gave away the chance to do that in order to invest in the future. But again, Sam's words, not mine. You want to be mad at me? I suggest that you just direct your anger at the NBA entity itself, because for a small market franchise, the the playing field is not level. It is so skewed against small markets that the access, and this is, again, Sam's words, not mine, the access to players, to the top 10 players in the league for small markets is just not there. You don't have it. I mean, look at the summer. Where did these guys go? They went to the coast. That's where they went. Yeah, They moved to the bigger markets. And they all gravitate toward the bigger markets. And that's the system that's put in place. And it's also just a reality that people gravitate there anyways. Just human beings <laughs> gravitate there. And that's the way it is. And so the Thunder have to do this. They have to do it. And if you don't think they have to do it, please go read Pressy's uh, piece in the Oklahoman. And please go listen to his podcast with Woj because he talks about it and he mentions it and he lays it all out there and we don't, there's no guesswork with this. This is not a, well, I really, this is my opinion and no, it's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's really not. It's not my plan. It's not my opinion. This is Sam's plan and Sam's opinion. And that's where all this comes from is that you just got to read it and you have to read between the lines a little bit, but not a whole lot. It's all there. It's all there. You know what else is all there, McKelly KP's Cleaning Services. They are all in to clean your house for Christmas. They're a local small business. They're servicing Oklahoma City metro and surrounding areas. They're dedicated to giving clients a unique cleaning experience. I've seen it many times myself. Clean my house. I walk in, and it's just immaculate. Everything is just shining. Everything looks just so, so nice, and they put detail into everything that they do, they do not miss a spot it's just wonderful and I cannot wait for them to clean my house again, because it is just so great, Uh, and you can give them a call at 405 290 8172 for a free quote, so they're wonderful people, they have a wonderful service, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well Um, and they're just just super, super great. I know that the holidays are coming, and you're probably hosting people at your house, and you and you just don't have time. I don't have time either, and that's why I have KP's Cleaning Services clean my house. So give them a call or a text and have them do it for you, too, and support the people. That support down to dunk. Uh, McKellie, so I guess Gallo's not playing tonight. He has a sprained ankle, and is going to be sitting out in Utah. And Mike Conley is also sitting out in Utah, and it's the second out of a back-to-back in altitude. It's going to be a really tough one, especially when you can't lean on Gallo for scoring. Uh, what are your What are your expectations for that spot tonight? Are we just going to see a lot of Baisley? We're going to see some Mascala? What are your thoughts?
0: Well, probably I think that Dort will start, and probably also Nader can start. They can start with Dort and Nader. Um this is I I wouldn't do it, but Billy said that he was about to start Dort in Portland because he wanted to have like a bigger garden. Maybe they will do the same since they have Donovan Mitchell. Maybe they want to give him uh, um a hard time at the beginning because Lou um well Lou will foul a lot, but but he's a big buddy and so he may bother uh a guy like Mitchell for uh, at the beginning of the game which is kind of important um or they can go the the, the Muscala route uh, as well which is which is good i mean uh, Muscala can 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 play uh the the power forward spot but well enough um, so i don't know i i would go uh, one way or the other it's it's again it's really all experimenting and fine and finding time for these guys so it, it really doesn't matter um i'm glad that they are resting gallo i, I was kind of worried uh, for him and paul because they are not getting uh nights off and it's good that he has uh an off night uh on a back-to-back after uh, in, in a tough place uh like utah so mm-hmm. uh this will not be the last time that gallo uh, especially if he's stays like maybe a little bit longer, um, towards the deadline, then we will see him taking nights off. And, and I think that Chris will do the same.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree that it's a good thing for Gallinari to sit out and it's, it's somewhat disappointing after a win last night in Portland, uh, cause it's Thunder. I know they did, they won there last year in Portland, but in years past, it's been nearly impossible for OKC to win in Portland. And so it's nice to see them get a win there and then you want to see them carry that momentum over. It's harder to do that without Gallinari uh, because you are pretty thin at that spot uh, when you have guys like Muscala and Basley, and those are are the guys that are going to play power forward for you. And so I hope that they just give Basley a ton of minutes is Mm -hmm. what I hope uh, because I think that he's a guy that uh, needs some experience and Utah with the way that they play is they're difficult to guard. And I think that you, my conley has been kind of a weird fit so far in Utah. He just hasn't been very good. And so this version of Utah, where you put the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands, I think they're a little bit more difficult to guard. And so I'm interested to see with guys like Joe Ingles um, and Bogdanovich, who are just extremely intelligent gifted scores and gifted with the basketball in their hands i think that put putting him against one of those guys i would guess that he would guard ingles mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a it's just a hilarious just mismatch with those two because ingles is like this experienced like unathletic guy that is just he's a really, really good, smart player athletically he's just not there anymore. And he's kind of getting older and on the decline. And then you have like this 19 year old up and coming player that is just so raw as an athlete, as a basketball player. Uh, it's just the contrast is just kind of funny um, in their skill sets, but I'm interested to see, cause I think it's a, it's a good learning experience for a guy like Baisley who kind of profiles as a role player in this league um, not not too dissimilar from what Ingles does, where Ingles handles the ball. Ingles is a good passer. He's going to run pick and roll a little bit. He's a spot up shooter, and that's ideally you would want Baisley to be like an athletic Joe Ingles, right? Like that's that's a nice role for him, where he can handle the offense a little bit himself. Uh, but for the most part, is just a role player. So I think it's kind of a a. Very strange comp for for Baisley as to what he could be, but I think their skill sets aren't crazy dissimilar.
0: Yeah, I mean, the experience plays uh, a big part, of course, because, uh, I mean, you don't learn uh, to play like Ingles uh, from, uh, like... Quickly, it's a, it's a process But but you're right, Basley has That feel for the game that will help him Understanding the thing that Ingles masters um, One thing that is weird With Ingles, and now that I Read it um, I, I have to say it even if I will Jinx everything for OKC tonight uh, Ingles is shooting 31.4% from 3
1: Yeah, what that's, is why happening? De- that's why I mentioned The decline Oh, okay that's been, a, that's been a thing all season for them is that he started the year coming off the bench for them mm-hmm. and he has slid into the starting I think he slid into the starting lineup. I'm not sure if he's still coming off the bench. Uh, but he struggled this year. He hasn't looked like the same guy. And I think that's, that's part of where the excitement was coming from with Utah mm-hmm. is that not only you get Conley and Bogdanovich, great additions, but you just add them to the team you got. And sometimes you yeah. forget that whenever you add guys that are going to bring, that are going to take shots and that are going to take possessions from other guys, it will affect them. It will affect the other guys on the team in a way. And there's, they just have not found a cohesion in Utah yet. And part of that to me is that they don't have, uh, Joe Ingalls as involved as he has been in the past. Cause he's been a huge, huge piece for them. Yeah. Um, and we know that we know we've seen him take it to Paul George, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And so it's he's he's an interesting interesting player, and he may be on the decline. Like he's what is he thirty uh, two?
0: I don't remember from the top of my head, but it that sounds maybe even thirty. I don't think it's eighty seven like me. I think it's older, uh, maybe your age. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I mean he's no, it's
0: eighty-seven. Uh, it's my age. Oh wow!
1: Yeah, I so feel I feel
0: I feel well. I feel okay. I'm <laughs> the same age as, as Joe Ingles. Right.
1: I, and this is sometimes when you have guys that are like not as athletic, and sometimes these guys decline. You know, at this yeah. stage in their career, like that could be happening, or he could just be in a slump. Like, I mean, we refer to this all the time, but Clay Thompson did not shoot the ball well at all to start the year last year. Yeah, I mean, he had a very, very bad stretch that lasted a long time. And it was, he was inevitably going to come out of that looking like the best shooter in the league again. And Ingles may be the same. Ingles may just be adjusting to a new role. um, And maybe even frustrated with it because it's like, Hey, I helped you get here and now you're demoting me like that kind of sucks. And so yeah. we, all, we all go through stuff like that In the workplace And you don't always feel great about it And even though it is you know, Basketball is a team sport There's individual egos that are involved in that And so that could be Could be a part of it But anyways that was a, a deep dive On Joe Ingles
0: um, Yeah and he's shooting 46% over the last four games So we'll probably we'll, He will yeah. make, make us pay For doubting <laughs> And totally saying he's declining. Yeah, so it's... Be ready for that, Thunder fans. He will destroy OKC tonight, and you can get mad at us. You can tweet at us. It's fine. It's our fault.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is the down-to-dunk TJ Warren uh, <laughs> official jinx of the Thunder, is that Joe Ingles is going to go off tonight as we talk about his demise. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Okay, so anything else that we didn't cover? Oh, man. Chris, the tattletale Chris Paul. Is that not the most amazing thing on Friday night? I know you did a podcast, Thunder After Dark. If you haven't listened to that or aren't subscribed to it, you should go listen to it. Uh, It's McKellie and Eric Horn talking about um, that game. But the tattling continued into last night, where he's telling the officials about it, about... That it's a tech for Carmelo Anthony to clap at them and then give it to him. <laughs> it's <He's> just <laughs> so amazing. And you know, if I'm the if if Chris Paul was doing that and he was a rocket, I would hate it so much. Oh or yeah, yeah. When it's your team, it just feels different. There's just something different about it. And you know, I interviewed Nader last week, and it's not like it was a surprising answer, but still, it just When you actually hear somebody say it, it's just kind of, it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a real thing. I asked him, you know, what player have you learned the most from in your career? He's played with Kyrie Irving. He's played with Al Horford. He's played uh, with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, played with all four of those guys. Who have you learned the most from? Oh, it's Chris Paul. Oh, you've only been with him for a few months. Okay. (laughs) That's the guy that you've learned the most from. And if you put all those guys on a list, I think that you could you could pick him out of that lineup and say, yeah, that's probably the guy that yeah. you learn the most from. But still, it just feels a little bit different and feels extremely weird as a Thunder fan uh, for that to be the truth. Uh, but, you know, it just, it in that it continues to be a thing and it, and it makes you, when you hear it coming from players, it makes you glad that that's the player that's here this year. And likely here for the rest of the season uh, for a guy like Shay to learn from. Because I think that who is who is mentoring you can be really pivotal uh, in your life in general. But in on the basketball court, too, I think it can be a huge thing. When, you know, some of these, like LeBron James was going to be LeBron. And I think, you know, Kevin Durant was going to be Kevin Durant. But these other guys, if you have a really good mentor that can help, bring you up and teach you a lot of things. Uh, and I think that Chris Paul can help teach Shay how to get fouled when he's getting in the lane and teach him how to find guys and how to run an offense and how to be a leader of a locker room and things like that. I think all those things are really important. And I think he's he's learning the tricks of the trade from the biggest adult down the league.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that... For now, Chris has been the best that we could hope for, uh, because the vibe, even, even when you, when you heard, when you hear him joking with Shay, this is to have that as part of your routine to, to let the, the media know that there is something playful with him and the, and the young guys, uh, like that the, the. the the atmosphere in the locker room is not tense. That you can, I don't know. It's 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 all good. I think for the development of this young core. And um and yeah, I mean on the court, y- you need to learn the the the, the little stuff. Uh, you need to know how to take advantage of a of a team uh, with four fouls. Um,
1: yeah. But oh, but the yeah. thing, yeah. he's so he is so yeah. good at that. Yeah. When yeah. This team gets him the bonus. It's terrible. immediate. They're going to they're gonna end up on top. And the, yeah, he helps them, one, get into the bonus. And then two, when a team is in the bonus, you better believe you're going to see Chris Paul on that breather line. Like it's going to
0: Yeah. Happen. Yeah. Uh, like last thing, I mean, to have the presence of mind to recognize that A, Portland already had uh, – not Portland, Minnesota already had a delay of game. B yeah. – that untucking your shirt is part of the rules that gives you a delay of game. And C, use the exact tone and, 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 and words to make Scott Foster <laughs> whistle. Like, to, like, just to nail one of the three would be awesome. Three is just insanity. Like, it's, it's, it's basically having a computer instead of your of, of, of a brain. And that is Chris Paul. That is Chris Paul. Uh, a human computer playing basketball at the highest level. Uh, And yeah, if if you are the opponent team, you will hate him. I I did Mm -hmm. when he was complaining and he was playing for the Clippers and or the Rockets. But when you when you have him on your team you realize how good it is to get a player like that and maybe again because we have no pressure we have nothing to 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 win this year and so it's all good whatever whatever Chris does it's it's great yeah. um maybe with the pressure uh, we will we will say different things but but yeah this is the the chris Paul experience that we ha- we got to leave and it's good so far
1: that I mean that is a it's it's one of the best endings to a thunder game ever. And it's not just the pass. It's the it's definitely the 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 untucked jersey from uh, from Jordan Bell. It's the the loose ball that Dort recovered. It's it's so many different things that the if you haven't if you've just seen the highlights and you just saw the end of the game, it's worth Going and watching the last three minutes of that of that basketball game because it was just an unbelievable ending. It that just and also and a friend of mine pointed this out. My friend Jason pointed this out that if Chris Paul grabs that rebound instead of was it Josh Okoji that that grabbed the rebound, then the Thunder probably don't win that game because yeah. the time probably runs out. Yeah. So I mean, it just—it took so many different little tiny things to get to that point in time, including Jordan Bell walking into the game with the jersey untucked. I promise you, he will not make that mistake ever again in his career. That will never happen again. Mm. He's have like Chris Paul PTSD every time that he's walking around with the jersey on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh,
0: it doesn't sound like a, I, I don't know. I have my doubts. Let's put it this way of the presence of mind that that Bell has uh when he steps on the court. I mean to not stick with the Warriors when you are a freak athlete that that can run and defend may 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 be telling. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe, mean and- maybe,
1: maybe so. That, that could be also true. Oh man. Uh anything else, Michele, that we haven't gone over? I just man, that moment was is still just so unbelievable. It's still just the best thing. I just cannot believe that that happened on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing else? No. no,
0: uh, Yeah, I'll probably go and watch uh, an episode of Watchmen uh, and then discuss it with Ham next time we we talk. (laughs)
1: There you go. Uh, Follow Michele on Twitter, at Mikey Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. It's easy, especially if you have an iPhone or you're on an iPad or any Apple device. Uh, go to the Purple Podcast app, select it, search, Down to Dunk, hit five stars, boom, you're done. It's very simple. It takes less than 30 seconds to do. So please do that. hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Spears.